Assalamualaikum everyone. My name is Talha Rafiq. My name is Badruddin Muhammad. And together we run the College Muslim Podcast. Um, today we're going to be discussing a topic that I think many of us have talked about and thought of before within our friend groups. And um, I'll let Badruddin introduce it. So today's topic is going to be practicing for appearances. Now this is one of those nebulous topics that we love here called the College Muslim. Uh, because I think it can... It, embodies a wide spectrum of things. It can include strictly practicing for appearances, which is can be attributed to like being a munafiq, mm-hmm. uh, saying being Muslim outside, but not actually having that in your heart. But then it can also mean, even as practicing Muslims, sometimes we, in the back of your head, shaitan's always whispering in the, back of your, in, yeah. in the back of your head, and you always hear things like, in the back of your head, maybe I'm doing something because someone else is seeing me do something. Yeah. And maybe I don't, Maybe I do feel it. Maybe I feel it half in my heart. Maybe half I'm doing it for appearances. And that's something that we're going to dive. The complexity of that is something we're going to dive into today, inshallah. Yeah. And I think that's um, also more prevalent for people born into Muslim families. Yeah. Um, and having a certain level of expectations to Absolutely. hit. Um, while in reality, everyone's kind of on their own trajectory with Islam. So you can never predict just because it's the Muslim family that the kid is going to be on your level of deen. Yeah. Um, if you're the parent. And so... Um, outside factors, depending on if you're active in the masjid, like pressures there, all that kind of stuff can impact why you're actually practicing. Yeah. And even if you're practicing, um, it could be detrimental in a sense that um, you don't realize why you're praying. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people face that dilemma when they get older. They're like, wait, why am I even doing this? Right. Or they don't feel like their heart's in it. And it's because they never kind of reflected and they were really just practicing because it was for everyone else, not even for themselves. Yeah, right. yeah. I think it also happens a lot, especially when you're in public places, maybe, and you're yeah. practicing in public places. Like, obviously, uh, this is also why I remember someone telling me that, like, the prayers that you do in private are really powerful. Yeah. Because there's no one watching you, but you are still putting your heart out there, and you're still um, prostrating in, in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah. and giving your, your all. But when we're in public... There's, I mean, it exists. There's always that idea of like someone's lo- someone's watching. Someone, yeah. someone human is watching. Obviously, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is always watching. Yeah. And we know that, but at the same time, there's also people watching, and it's pre- it's easy to fall and fall prey to that. To be like, am I doing my sujood right? Is my sujood long enough? Is my ruku yeah. long enough? Am I uh, reading long enough surahs? Am I am I standing up straight? Maybe this is just me, but or am I am I even about. praying? Right. Um, Right or am I even praying like by myself away? Like if you're, um, like if you have like an MSA, right? Mm-hmm. So we're all active there. Um, we pray there when we're all in the room. Yeah. But do we pray like you said alone yeah. in our room when we're not? Yeah. Um, with everyone else. Absolutely. And so in a lot of ways, it's a good way too. Like it's a good type of tool to use to like increase um, your iman and increase yeah. things you want to do. Like if you do want to pray more, great ways by putting yourself in a group that does pray. Yeah. But the way I kind of wrote that is like using the judgment of others or the viewpoints of others as a way to keep yourself in check or to keep others in check. Right. And that's, I think, where the difference in, where in the difference lies is if you're using the, like, if I'm, if I'm using the pressure I feel or, like, the pressure I put up on myself to be like, oh, there's people watching, I gotta make sure I'm, like, and, like, put some extra attention on that. And if I'm doing that for myself and to keep myself in check, that's a different kind of thing. That's right. that's an encouragement from your peers to be a better Muslim because you want to be a better Muslim. But if sometimes you lean towards the side of, or even myself, I lean towards the side of being like, maybe I should pray sunnah because there's people watching, not because I actually want to pray. Right, right, right. That's entering into dangerous territory where right, it's right. like, I'm practicing for the appearance of other people and not, and if they weren't here, I wouldn't be doing this. Mm. I, or I wouldn't want to do this either kind of thing. So that's like, that's like the fine line that we're going to tell. And I also want to emphasize the fact that in this episode, we're talking about, this is a very personal thing. It's more for each individual to reflect upon themselves on what they're doing, not for us to judge on other people and be like, is that person actually not praying when we're here? Or are they not fasting when we're here? Or like, like you said, in the MSA, we might see someone coming in for prayers, but if it's not for, it's not, this episode isn't to talk about, oh, that person might be coming in for MSA, but make sure, make, keep in mind, they might not be coming. That's, that's not for us. To, that, that doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. It's more for ourselves to, I believe, for ourselves to look at it and be like, when I do the daily religious acts that I do, and even the not, even the not specifically religious acts that I do, mm-hmm. am I doing them because I want to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or am I doing them for other people? Mm-hmm. And why am I doing, and if I, if there is the factor of other people being in there is that 
because I want to keep myself in check and because I'm using that as encouragement or am I using it as a way for me to gain a certain allure in front of other people? Yeah. No, yeah. And like the key distinction, like one of the things I want to like emphasize in what you said was the reason it's important to look at it is from an individual perspective is because it's not for anyone else. No one cares why mm-hmm. you're practicing. Like the topic, the topic of this episode is literally practicing for appearances. But no one really cares why you're practicing. It's about yourself and art. It's a questioning yourself and saying, am I just practicing for appearances? Or am I actually trying to gain some kind of value out of this? Whether it be through soul, whether it be through like mental, physical, emotional, whatever it is. Um, I don't know this is like your forte, but I think it also links to intentionality. Yeah. Of like, yeah. It, even if you are practicing, once again, if if I am doing my ruku a little bit longer, probably I'm doing my sujood a little bit longer, because I, I would want to do those things. It's just if maybe I forget or in a rush. Yeah. But, but I'm doing it because I know people are watching. But You're also wasting your time if you're doing it for other people. Yeah. Like you're not absolutely. pulling away a benefit from yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So, but it's whether I'm doing those things intentionally with, with the intention that I'm doing this for myself. And I'm just using the encouragement of, of other people. Or is the intention behind it that I'm just doing this for other people, but I don't really have that khushu or that awareness when I'm praying. Mm-hmm. And I, I use prayer as a good example because it's, it's, a, it's an easy example yeah. to imagine in our heads. Yeah. Like, we're praying, there's people around us, and they're talking or they're like, reading Quran or they're watching. Or yeah, especially, something. again, it's easy to use this. We were born into a Muslim family, and yeah. from the childhood, you see people pray. Yeah, That's like the so, most public thing that yeah. we do. Yeah, and it's five times a day, so it's not exactly yeah. like you miss it or anything. You yeah. see it when it's over your eyes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so let's dive into this. Um, when was the first time you actually became conscious that you started doing things um, in an, from an Islamic perspective um, for other people, in a sense? Is that the best way I can yeah, put that question? Yeah. Like, like when did you realize, hey, this is a problem? Like, I I don't really care about, like, I don't understand why I'm praying so I wouldn't usually do it on my own, but I just pray with a group of people, and uh-huh. I'm now praying sunnah just because... And then how do you distinguish that away from, like, these guys bolster my iman, mm. and because of them, yes, I am praying, but it still is for myself, yeah. versus they're watching, I want to come off as holy and pious, right? So there's two ways to take it, which yeah. is why I'm saying, like, it's a really yeah, internal, absolutely. like, matter you have to it's, it's, it's on a spectrum, too. There are different levels to it. Like, yeah. the, it, it's not just, like, one size fits all. It's either you're practicing for a principle or you're practicing for yourself. Sometimes, sometimes we we can use, like like I said, using the judgment of others as a way to keep yourself in check or to keep others in check, and by others in check, I mean the others' perception of you in check. Right. So, I think for me personally, like the first time I I was aware that maybe there is a a level of me doing something in appearances was when I was like, sort of getting into middle school because as a kid, like you do a lot of things for appearances, mm-hmm. like. Uh, I, I as a kid I would I would want to fast all thirty days of Ramadan because I knew it was right and I I, I knew it was Ramadan and I knew I wanted but to fast. But you also get praised for it. But I, I'd get praised for it. And I think I think that's totally fine. I think when yeah. you're a kid, that's a great way for the community to support you yeah. and to put you on the right track. Because if people praise you, then you're, then that's gonna be a reward. Yeah. And you're a kid, you don't you don't, you don't know. Sure. Like you're a kid. Yeah. But I think going to middle school, I realized I'm still fasting uh, all thirty days of Ramadan, but no one's giving me any praise. Do I keep fat? That, that was the fork in the road. Do I keep? fasting or do i stop fasting because i was only doing it for the praise and alhamdulillah like i was able to find the iman within myself to be like i'm doing this for myself i'm doing this for the sake of allah mm-hmm. to get the rewards and to do because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told me to so i kept i kept fasting alhamdulillah um but i think also one of the other times that that came up was prayer prayer was the biggest thing for me because and like when you're a kid you rush through prayer a lot like that's like your kids so and then as i grew older i realized I, I'm aware of other people praying now. I'm aware of the speed at which other people are praying. Mm-hmm. When you're a kid, you're just praying because it's like you're, everyone else is praying and then your parents tell you to pray and then you do it really fast and then you go watch TV or whatever. But when I became older, I was like, wait, I can't pray fast anymore because there's, uh, there's people around me who are praying slower. So now another fork in the road. Do I pray slower because I want to pray slower or do I pray slower because I want other people to see me as praying slower and no one calls me out on it? Right. And Alhamdulillah, once again, it went the right way, but it could have it could have totally gone the other way, and mm-hmm. like it, it, was, it was very like 50-50 teetering, and it's like once again this is why this I think this episode is about the personal struggles within us because everyone's going to encounter a fork in the road. I I believe at some point where you well everyone who grew up in a Muslim family, if you grew up in a Muslim family, going through the motions, everyone's going to come to that fork in the road where at some point you'll gain the awareness that you're doing something, and now you realize I have a choice. Mm-hmm. I can continue to do it because that's what my family does. That's what I want. That's why. 
That's, that's what's been going on. Or you can do it because you want to do it and because you want the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with you. And Katie mentioned that's the only way it's going to be sustainable too. Absolutely. Because absolutely. there will be a point in time when you, everyone around you either outgrows you, moves yeah. to a different location, passes away. Absolutely. So then there's only one thing that's consistent and remnant during the entire time and that is if you're doing it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which yeah. comes back to the intention of why you're in there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. What about you? When, when, was, did, when did you ever have the epiphany of I think it was college. College? Yeah. Because for me, my like tough years were high school. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that, like the first two years when you were at CCR or when you came to USC? When I came to USC. Okay. Yeah. So my first... Like, like throughout high school, I didn't really like yeah. focus on any of this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it was a very rough period of my life, right? Yeah. And um, I was more grappling of, like, am I Muslim or not? Yeah. That's what I was grappling with. And then in college, it was, like, and COVID year happened mm-hmm. and, like, that, all that stuff happened. But when I got here um, to campus, uh, I think within like the first four weeks, there was a point in time where I was praying and I was like, oh man, why did I just pray sunnah, right? Mm-hmm. That, then I bring a prayer too, because that was my direct experience. Because yeah. I, think- I think it's a very common experience. At least some of my friends that I've talked to, it's a very common experience yeah. because it's such a public thing. And then just like that, it becomes private. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, do I keep? going yeah yeah exactly and and the thing is like it's not like i wasn't praying sunnah yeah. uh, independently um at that point at, at this point i was like you know i was feel pretty confident in my islam like it was it was a lot better position than where it was a couple years ago mm-hmm. but in that moment i kind of felt like i was trying to pray sunnah because i wanted to come off as like holy in a sense yeah. or like this guy this guy prays everything right and i think the part of that was also due to the fact that i was educating myself in islam um, in, in like a, mm-hmm. a religious perspective as well as a historical perspective. I really want to touch on that really quick. Education, I think, is important because yeah. especially when I came to that fork in the road every time, yeah, I would have to go back and be like, why am I doing why this? Why am I doing this? And exactly. alhamdulillah, I had, I had a family where I, was, I learned why I was doing things yeah. from an early age, but not everyone gets that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Some people, their parents just tell them to do it and they do it. And then at, when that fork in the road comes, they don't have, they're not armed with the knowledge to make that decision. Exactly. And if you have no knowledge, then there's no reason for you to do it for yourself. You, exactly. might, you can just let it go. And obviously, like, especially because usually these epiphanies happen when you're in your teenage rebel years. Uh, and in those, in those years, you're very much, like the, the, human, the human mind is very much in the state of show me the, show me the facts or, not, mm-hmm. or it's nothing. And we grew, up in, we grew up in a culture where it's, it's useful in science because without facts, we're, science doesn't exist. But the thing is, in, with religion, when you don't have the facts, same, similarly, you're going to make the, the wrong decision yeah. for yourself. So I also think that it's, it's really important that when you get to those forks in the road to seek out resources and also for the Muslim community to be more open with those resources and to be more open with the reasoning of yeah. why we do things. Yeah, and, that was, and that's actually exactly what happened. So when I... I uh, was researching, like, not researching, but when I was trying to understand, like, different aspects of Islam, one thing that stumbled across was, like, um, modesty in the sense of, like, uh, um, like mental modesty. Mm-hmm. Like, not not yeah. overdoing it for other people and, like, Boasting, and, yeah, being private about it. And um, when, like, when, when, so when I started praying, when I did that prayer, when I prayed Sunday that day, I realized, like, internally, I didn't really feel like doing it. Now, we all felt feel like that sometimes when it's, like, it feels like we don't want to keep praying yeah. extra if you don't have time, right? But why did I do it? It was not, I want to train myself. It was not, I'm doing this for Allah, even though I don't feel like it right now. It was, I don't feel like it, but everyone else is here. I might as well do it. I didn't realize it was a problem at the beginning when I started. Mm-hmm. That's when I noticed it. Usually in the beginning, it's not yeah, really it's not. a problem. It becomes a it's real big, yeah. it becomes a real big problem when, that when it becomes like, it's the choice between what is my motivation yeah. of praying in the first place. Yeah. Right? Which is why it works really well when you're a kid, when you're like a little kid. Yeah. That I I, I yeah. honestly I that's how it should be. Yeah. Because when you're a little kid, you don't really have the higher level of brain function to yeah. reason through these but things. But when you're older, you can you actually can go and yeah, you can reason through it, and you can go educate yourself. Yeah. And that education is really important. So that's one of the things. Or, that, or you can not educate yourself and just and leave, yeah, and just let it go. But I'm yeah. saying the only way you can like stick to it yeah. is if you come up with a good enough reason. Mm-hmm. And everyone will have different reasons. Like some people really connect with um, like. So talking about prayer, my my spirituality. Okay. So like for me, I felt Islam. I uh-huh. felt Allah when I was praying. I still do, mm-hmm. and like it's the, it's it's just spiritually it just holds like I believe like my soul is just so filled by it. Mm-hmm. I can't explain it. I, I can't explain it. That's my reasoning. Yeah. But um, I know my people, reasoning was I took life as like a video game, so okay. like good deeds and bad deeds. So growing up early on, sure. like I I was taught a lot about like 
oh you got one good deed for this one bad deed for this and yeah. alhamdulillah the only reason i even have this framework now is because i was taught this when i was a kid when you're a kid you love video games you love mm-hmm. getting points getting losing points so you're it was like in, in my head i could look like, like well, if i do this and like i get more in my bucket and but like as you got older didn't you need to like educate yourself as to like yeah. more and more so like that's why i think edu- that's why i think islam also promotes knowledge and education the framework stayed with me but it was more about now i learned about the consequences of what happens and that drove me even more to fill up my bucket that's that's okay, kind no, of okay yeah. that's also my yeah that's all, like that, that ties in with why islam i think proactively says educate yourself and yeah, grow your knowledge because it's hard to do something if you're not growing in it yeah. right so eventually everyone feels stagnated with the like praying uh, praying is a great example for this entire Absolutely, conversation yeah. but um my recommendation to them usually is if you're trying to feel more and feel different, learn a different surah. If you're trying to uh, concentrate better during namaz, learn what the meaning is, mm. right? If you're tr- and so, there's different aspects of education too. Like you can take it in different directions. Like learning the meaning of father house really transformative for me. Yeah. When it comes to praying, we used to go to a Sunday school, uh-huh. and they would make us recite surah Fatiha in Arabic every morning and then in English. Uh, and I nice. think that is the most useful thing that school taught me in five years. Because <laughs> they didn't have, they taught me that, and they taught me that buttock means duck in Arabic. But other than that, I very very useful. I don't remember anything else. But I think, I think just based on that one like surah in the morning, like it kind of showed me how like how much it changes your life yeah. if you do understand it. And in, better than understanding, you don't need to know it word for word. You just need to know what is this surah trying to yeah. like convey yeah. message wise. Mm-hmm. Now again, different people have different levels. I personally really love just like, I get lost inside Arabic when I'm listening to it or when I'm reciting. So I can maintain concentration during prayer, even if I don't know the meaning, just because I'm so, I feel that yeah. like- Arabic's a beautiful language yeah, in general. Yeah. Yeah. Quranic Arabic. Yeah, Quranic. Right? Quranic Arabic, like I can listen to it and I don't get tired and it just fills yeah. me. Whereas I know all the other people on the other hand can't maintain concentration during namaz. Yeah. And that's completely valid. And there's, there's a multitude of reasons for that. So yeah. finding out the reason that that's causing that for you is going to be a personal journey. Yeah, and once you do, then it comes back to changing your motivation for praying, which changes from... Um, sorry, my mind just went blank. But it changes from um, practicing it for appearances yeah. to practicing it for a reason now. Yeah. Right? So now I practice because my soul gets filled. You might practice because you gain some kind of education on chronic verses for yeah. it. Um, if you want to talk about practicing for appearances, let's say, let's say saying Subhanallah or Alhamdulillah after or uh, when you sneeze, yeah. right? Are you saying Alhamdulillah only when you're with Muslim friends or your parents? Uh-huh. Do you say it when you're in your room or yourself? I have this story with this. So when yeah. I was a kid, I would, I wouldn't really say it because I kind of just like, it was more of a thing that like I knew I should say. So I was like, maybe I'm just saying my yeah. head. But then as I grew older, I realized, am I really saying it or am I not saying yeah. it? Yeah. And but when I was when I was amongst Muslims, I would always say it because like. You were Muslims. Muslims. Yeah. But then now now it's like it's like a transitional point where every time I see it, I just say Alhamdulillah because I like I, I now have this awareness and intentionality and yeah. I'm not just maybe maybe I was doing it for appearances, maybe it was just I subconsciously thought I was saying it because it's been so ingrained and it's become so routine. Yeah. So there's a lot of there's a lot of different reasons for it, but definitely yeah, I, I relate time, to that. The first time I said it probably like alone in a room was like yeah. a year and a half, two Same. years ago. And when I started alone in a room, it's in my dorm room. Yeah. Like, I kind of look up, I'm like, there's no one around me. <laughs> why did I just say that? And then I realized its purpose is independent. So that's what yeah. I think I think is really cool um, about, like, Islam as a religion is it is supposed to be private. It is supposed to be about... Encouragement is good, but it's not... It's, it can't be the drive. It can't be the main driving force yeah, yeah. of your deen. Yeah, it's, it's about, like, community is supposed to bolster your own deen, but in the end, it is still about improving your own deen. So... My like technique to go about like um, low uh, iman and trying to then do things for other people like practice for appearance is education and like finding out oh this is the reason that I'm trying to do what I'm trying to do. Now then the question becomes how do you educate yourself, right? Because that's a big problem and yeah. no one really knows how to do that. That was something that I depends on where you live, depends on resources you have access to, you have access to, and finding the right resources. Yeah, and like. In Quran, even in English translation, is still hard to read. It's hard to understand. Yeah. It's not hard to read. It's hard to understand. understand. Yeah. Like and like, you can't really break it down. And then it's like, where do you go and find all the um, hadith breakdowns? Where do you go find the sunnah breakdowns? Yeah. Where do you go find um, fiqh? And for me, a lot of that came from um, like Jummah, mm. and a lot of that came from um, scholars who talked at masjids. Yeah. It didn't really come from online resources. It didn't really come from the Quran or text or stuff. It came from scholars talking and teaching and then watching them. And it's, it's been the tradition for 
years now that like oral, oral tradition. Masad, masad are like the hubs of knowledge. Yeah. And for for now, inshallah, like it, it, online resources are getting better, and yeah. infrastructure around that is getting better. But in but for now, I think the best way to seek knowledge is to be part of the community. Right. Find your local Muslim community, and when you reach that fork in the road, understand. It's like any decision. You got to make an educated decision whenever yeah. you're making a decision. You can't just go with whatever. Just because there's a lack of knowledge doesn't mean that 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 thing doesn't exist. Yeah. So making sure that you get the knowledge before you make that decision will, inshallah, lead you to the right way. And that and that was what helped me yeah. when I was when I was a kid dealing with those forks in the road. Yeah. I also think we should mention like practicing for appearances isn't just um, it should be limited to just about you. Yeah. And you shouldn't concern yourself about others practicing yeah. for appearance. That, that is the ideal that we all, that yeah. we all aspire to. Because that gets very toxic. Yeah, it does. Like, it does. if you're like, this person is just doing it because we're here, or this person is not really yeah. a good Who are you to say you're yeah, not a good Muslim, absolutely. right? Yeah. Like, how do you know who this dude is? Like, sure, he, he may not pray in private, and you may know that somehow. I don't know how you know that. You probably don't. Yeah, you probably don't. You or maybe you're a roommate with someone. Okay. okay. But, but even if you are roommates, when you, they might not pray in the room, but they might pray somewhere else. Sure. You don't know. You don't know. And even if they, like, say, let's say 100% for a fact, they don't pray independently, but they do pray when they're all with the other guys. Yeah. That's so First prayer. of all, that's no prayer. And yeah. not only, like, is it, like, he, he still did it. Yeah. He did it for a reason. If anything, be happy that you and everyone else are the reason he's praying. Absolutely. Now, that individual, and I'm using a he as a generic term, yeah. right? And But that individual himself should look into himself. Us because we're both guys on this podcast, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, her, whoever. If if they look into themselves, right, they should be the one looking into themselves and saying, why am I doing this? And if you know a friend like that and you're friends with them, you can initiate. You can ask if you're a close friend with them. Close friend with them, them. yeah. yeah. Initiate in like a different manner. Like one of the ways I like to do it is, well, what do you feel when you pray? Mm. And just talk about that. Right? Yeah. Some people, if you're close friends, like I have my close friends tell me, they're like, honestly, I'm so distracted, I can't concentrate. And then we talk about that. But, you know, that's how you initiate something like that. You don't say, yo, we're just practicing because we're here. You don't usually do it. And you yeah. don't call them out in front of their friends, yeah. right? Also, uh, this is like a whole other topic, too, about how to approach people and how to correct people. But, like, you saying that to that person is you're driving them away from Islam. Yeah. When, when you could be driving them towards Islam by by encouraging them yeah. and by appreciating the fact that they're that they are praying with you all yeah. and being a brother or a sister with you all yeah. and and driving them towards a direction that could get them to pray more not calling them out on it in my opinion the in islam the difference between practicing for appearance like not difference okay in my opinion like within islam is that all right cut this out okay. <laughs> in my opinion within islam there's two sides of the coin. There is practicing for appearance, mm-hmm. and then there is feeling Islam. And I feel like there's two different sides of the coins because when you practice for appearance, it's shallow, it's one-sided, it's one level, it's just, it's very, you know, just for others. It's just, I was born into this. Just going through the motions. Just going through the motions. But if you feel it, that is where I think Islam resides, right? Absolutely. You should feel prayer, you should feel yeah. the Quran, you should feel being helpful to other people. When you're you know, doing acts of uh, um, charity, you should feel Islam in yeah. that, right? That's a component of Islam. When, you're, when you stop yourself from cussing, when you stop yourself from being a hypocrite, you should feel the Islam. Yeah. So, if you want to talk about it with others, you also talk about the feeling. You don't talk about the action, mm-hmm. right? Why do you think we start to turn so many kids away from Islam? Like, so many young men and women. A lot of the corrections that come through are like your is not long enough. Your yeah, not long you're enough. you're not wearing the hijab. You're yeah. not you know you're not doing this. You're not doing this. Like you need to do this. But the reality, those, those are all important things. But when you're when you're first no no, no. they're they're important things to address. But we're talking about how to address. Yes yes right. Absolutely. So we should not be addressing is you are not doing it right. We tell them how do you feel with this thing? Mm. How many okay? So we all we all know sisters like around like from MSA from our blood sisters or whatever. How many do we actually know why or what, what they feel about not wearing the hijab? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. No one knows. No one's ever asked, right? Yeah. No one's like, no one's ever asked like, genuinely for non-hijabi sisters, yeah. how do you feel not wearing the hijab? No one cares. Yeah. But everyone's like, you should be wearing the hijab. 
yeah. right? So you need to address that feeling because if you can evoke feeling, if you can isolate what what that feeling is, then that that can be a, a way to guide someone towards what exactly towards towards themselves realizing and then you what, show, feel, what they want to feel. And you show them the different aspects of feeling within Islam. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about prayer and you talk to a brother and you're like, "What do you feel when you pray?" and the brother's like, "Oh, I get really distracted when I pray." Then you can be like, do you, like you can be like interesting. You can be like, I feel this way yeah. when I pray, and he's like, How do you do that? Because I've had brother ask me that um, in our MSA, mm-hmm. and um, I talked about the spirituality aspect of it, but I also mentioned you can go for the mental aspect because I know he was more logical thinking. Yeah. So that's how you can drive and help someone go one way, and that's how you can push again. There's two sides of the coin. There's the side of um, um, feeling and then the side of the practicing for also they, like going with, going going on to what you're saying it's like there's a complexity to Islam that we often don't address mm-hmm. we see someone praying a certain way or take the hijab for instance not wearing not wearing the hijab or wearing the hijab a certain way but there's more complexity behind what goes on in a person's head exactly. than just doing something this way or doing something that way and see that's why Allah is the only judge because only he can fully determine what intention is yeah absolutely but as human beings as human beings we, we can we can take the time to go through that with someone and not just call someone out and derive it from their feelings. Absolutely, right. I because especially like I I know when when I was a kid and I, there's certain things that when I would when I would pray I would I wouldn't do correctly. No one would ask me why are you doing that. They would just yeah. say this is how you're supposed to do it. And of course I I mean I was a kid so I, they're adults. I was like okay yeah. yes sir I'll do it. But it's it's more of but but if someone had taken the time to be like hey why are you doing imagine, that? What do you feel when you're doing that? Imagine you as a kid. Mm-hmm. Imagine someone asking you. How do you feel when you just pray? Now, as a kid, you might just straight up answer like, I don't know, I just did it, yeah. right? But that's what that I got it, you thinking. It gets you thinking, it gets you thinking. Yeah, at absolutely. a young age. Questions. It's like at a young age too. Yeah. So you don't get slammed like a truck in yeah. middle or high school or college, yeah. and you're like, whoa, like I have an identity crisis. Yeah. You have to start questioning these things from age, and that's the issue with like uh, uh, bottle feeding Islam versus letting them mature through Islam, like raising kids as well. Especially, I, I think it all comes down to Having the having the ability to appreciate the complexity because I think a lot of times we simplify things into yes or no, black and white. Yeah. Wear the hijab, don't wear the hijab. Pray this, pray right, pray wrong. Yeah. When in reality, everything lies in the middle, and people people have certain thoughts. People like even when I was a kid, I was like, I had the thought maybe I should make the sujood longer. Yeah. But no one wanted to take the time with me to process that and to get to a point where I would want to make my sujood longer yeah. than just say, hey, your sujood should be longer. Yeah. I'm just like. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to get to there, and I'm trying to decide how long it should be, what what I should be saying during that time, and all these things. Like these are all complexities that lie within there, and people have to take the time to get to know someone and get to that point where the own. Because no matter how many, no matter how much you preach Islam, yeah, a person has to accept it on their own. Yeah, and sure, you can go through different methods and like you can like say it in different ways, but unless you take the time to understand that, understand why that person is doing what they're doing. And what drives that person? That's the only way you can help someone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's also, that also goes for personally too, taking the time to deal with these, deal with the conflicting opinions that you have within yourself. A lot of times, uh, whether it be the hijab, whether it be salah, whether it be anything in Islam, uh, I, I I've definitely talked to a lot of brothers and sisters who have who have a lot of thoughts about certain things that that they want to be doing in Islam, but they don't take the time to really process those thoughts. And I think that's that goes for every single Muslim mm-hmm. out there. Taking the time to really sit with your thoughts and realize, okay, what what do I feel about this? What what do I not feel about this? What information is out there? And that that's the only way that you can get to a point where you are at peace with yourself. Mm. I truly believe. And it took me a while too, and I'm still going through. I'm still I still sit down sometimes and I'm like, okay, why am I doing what I'm doing? How do I get better at what I'm doing? Where do I want to be? Yeah, and you have to do that to also like let go of the things that you are doing. So yeah. you're like, why am I doing this? Not only if you want to bolster it and make it stronger. It all comes back to intentionality. Yeah, but that, yeah. Why why am I doing this? Also, because I want to stop this thing, right? So you can't stop something unless you got a real good reason for it. Especially if it becomes a habit, right? Yeah. Let's say something like like drinking, right? Like if you're drinking, the only way to stop drinking is if you got a real good reason. Like it's hard to come up with something that's addictive, right? And so, in cases like that, like apart from getting like help, like in a professional setting, right? You have to genuinely sit down and ask yourself, like, what do I feel when I drink? Why do I want to stop drinking, right? And and then you know. Tying that also back to like not doing it for the appearance of it, right, and not doing it for those other reasons. So, I remember uh, one of one of our scholars at our MSA was talking about first principles and setting that foundation of, and this this is the same way that I I go through my my own personal like epiphanies and realizations mm-hmm. and thoughts that I do with is 
first of all, you need a foundation to build off of. So what are my foundations? La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, the five pillars of Islam. What do I already do in my daily life? Well, I pray my five daily prayers, I fast during Ramadan and all these things. And I, I set the foundation for myself. What, what are the things I know for a fact that I do and I believe in? And then what are the things I'm unsure about? And then tying it back to the first principles that I already have. And this is like this this is not something that happens in a day. It's not something that happens in a month. This is something that you're constantly thinking about and it's a constant thought process because without without being aware, without having that intention, without going through the thought process of why you're doing certain things, there you'll you'll always be practicing for for either for appearance or just going through the motions because yeah. you should, you're supposed to be going through the motions. Mm. And the same thing you were saying about feeling Islam, you can only feel Islam if you take the time to understand what you're feeling. Mm. And I, I'm sure, like just like you said, you took the time to understand your spirituality and you took the time to pray and you took the time to do the things and then you you were able to go through that thought process where you were able to uh, reach a state where you were able to feel Islam. It's about changing your motivations of why you're doing things. Absolutely. Right? So, it always has to be derived from you and your connectedness to either the Quran, Islam as a whole, I should just say Islam as a whole. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's deriving your connection to Islam as a whole. And in those reasons, you will find why to be. The same way that when it comes to choosing a career, yeah, you can tie in Islam into that too. But like, let's yeah. talk about it from like agnostic point of view, uh-huh. like without like worrying about Islam. What do you look at? It's about you and your connectedness to what your purpose in this world is, yeah. right? Why do some people not want to be engineers? Why do some people not want to be doctors? Why do some people not want to be this or that, right? It's because they don't feel like and a person there's wants fulfillment to, yeah there's no fulfillment career. in that career same way in Islam the only way you're going to be able to do things whether it's pray whether it's read the Quran whether it's uh, uh, be a good person whether it's stop being a hypocrite or cussing there's a million different things you can choose and try you should try to be is if you feel that connectedness to Islam and that becomes your motivation because just as money is not enough of a, like a, a incentive to keep you in a career for 50-60 years like alone like money alone right yeah. the same exact way and I keep you in that career happy and healthy the same exact way in Islam, doing it for appearance, mm-hmm. doing it for because your mom and dad told you so, doing it because doing it without thought is not enough to keep you. One day they'll be like, "Why am I doing this? Forget it, right?" So why not preemptively when you have that feeling, if you haven't been lucky enough with a, um, someone who has guided you through it, educate yourself, make yourself develop a reason that deals with your connectedness with Islam, whether it be spiritual. It should be all four, which is spiritual, emotional, mental. Um, and uh, physical, so it should be a one of, like a combination of all four yeah. of those. But whichever one is stronger, lean towards that. I think the easiest way to the first the easiest first steps to take sort of that is just obviously I talked about like sitting with their thoughts, thinking through them. But obviously, there's a certain limit to what's in your brain already. Sure. And that that's the point where you go out and get more knowledge. Right. You go out and learn more, and you go out go into your community. Obviously, like that doesn't mean that you should like. Just go online and trust everything and every every, every single right. person you hear, but make sure that the people the people you're learning from are credible. But it it's important to be constantly gaining knowledge and constantly learning more about Islam because that's the only way you are going to get to a point. And you and myself as well. This is why I I'm always looking up new things and like learning new things, asking asking questions, uh, researching online about Islam and from trustable, yeah. reputable sources. And I try inshallah, but. Gaining knowledge allows us to access more parts of ourselves, which I, mm-hmm. is what I believe. When I learn new things, I'm able to sit down and be like, okay, what do I think about this? Yeah. Whether it's a certain political issue that Islam has certain stance on, whether it's uh, a certain way, uh, a certain thing that I should be doing in my life, a certain dua that I need to learn. I Once I learn it, I'm like, okay, what do I feel about it? Well, how does it make me feel? What are aspects of my life and my, my memories and things like that, the, my life experiences that I've gone through? That connect back to this and how does that make me feel and then you need to corroborate that with your common sense yeah. because islam also is a common sense kind of religion like yeah. you apply it to your time so you apply it to your context yeah for example just a couple uh like last semester uh one of our scholars at the msa was doing a uh, a series on the, a certain dua that he was discussing mm. um and it was a dua that you're supposed to read like the the, the dua that muhammad used to use to like uh and during when he used to pray the hajjit uh, and then I was learning this dua, I learned it, uh, and I had it on my phone, and I would use it when I was like, whenever I was trying my dua. Mm-hmm. But it took me at least uh, like 10 times after doing it, and this was in Ramadan too. So whenever I would pray the hijrah, I would read the dua, like after praying the hijrah, I would read the dua. And the first two two or three times I just read it because like that's what you're supposed to do. And then 
as, as I was reading it, and then I would, I would walk back to my dorm, right? So I would pray the Hajj in the, in the prayer space, read the Dua, uh, and then I would, walk, I, would, I would be walking back to my dorm. And that during that walk, I'd be thinking, okay, what, how did that Dua make me feel? What did I ask for after I read that Dua? And how does that connect back to it? And what do, what do each of these things make me feel? Uh, but also realize that like, not everything has to be like, perfectly connected to. Some things will just make you feel a certain way and will invoke feelings of certain experiences that you've had. And realizing that is going to get you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it's going to be able to have you feel Islam, like you said, feel that there is beauty in this religion and that there is reasoning for me to continue what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. that's the only way we can build intentionality and stay away from practicing for appearances and practicing for ourselves and for Jannah and to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't really have a follow up to that, so I just like listened in. But, yeah. I never really thought about a why, the why of things, I think until college, but I think the earlier you start that, the better it is. And you know, this is one of the indicators, like uh, within a song, it's a good place to start even. You should be doing it, I think it, your life significantly improves when you start questioning the why um, with everything that you're doing. It's like the balance between overthinking and then being uh, ignorant, Yeah. right? So it's like falling in between that line. And it's like questioning it enough so you know and understand. And then the remaining part that gets you overthinking, that's where you throw faith. On on Yuckling Institute's Double Take podcast, um, one of the scholars were talking, was talking about something called a tolerance to uncertainty. Mm. And that uh, Muslims Muslims have, like when, when you start learning about religion, like yes, there are certain things that will give you a specific reason for doing something. Mm-hmm. And then when, like you said, like that there's a level of thought and processing and uh, internal reflection that happens there's also a level of overthinking yeah. and when you get to a level of overthinking it's important to have a tolerance to uncertainty realize that some things are going to be uncertain yeah and that's because of many reasons and the reason that i tell myself is because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made my made my brain yeah. so there are things that are going to be outside of my level of processing but that's what that's why i personally process right. it uh there's many ways to process it and that once again requires us to go and seek knowledge yeah. by ourselves and the more you seek knowledge and educate yourself to the better you get yeah. at processing things. But also realize at, at a certain point that, not even at a certain point, but whenever, setting those first principles, I, that's why I believe setting those first principles is important. Because when you have those certain first principles that you have adopted and you believe in, then it's a, it's easy to, whenever something new comes in to your, to your frame of thought, uh, you're able to have that tolerance to uncertainty and be like, hey, I don't know what this is, but I know what this is at the bottom okay. of my foundation. And yeah. this new thing that came in, I'm able to tolerate that uncertainty, rely on my rely on my first principles, and get through life until after, until I'm able to process it. Or if I'm not able to process it, Allah Allah knows best. Mm. And th- th- this is this is like this is a multi-year lifetime thing that it's going to it's a journey that people have to go through, and that I myself I'm still going through. Mm-hmm. You you take it day by day, and that that, that that's that's I that's where I believe the middle ground lies between. Uh, not reflecting at all and practicing appearances and overthinking is taking it day by day, having a tolerance uncertainty and seeking knowledge and also reflecting on the things that you are learning. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. And that's also what reduces burnout. Absolutely. Because you don't end up going pushing yourself too far, but again with the ignorancy, like you don't stay ignorant and that keeps you it keeps you active actually. You stop like you start waking up with a bit more of a purpose. Yeah. Like, and even for Fudger, like, one of the things that helped me get up for Fudger was kind of understanding, like, the actual benefits of getting up for Fudger. Now, for me, that was from a physical and a mental perspective. Mm-hmm. My brain was fresh, my brain was clear. First thing I'm doing is starting my day is my prayer. This is, you know, right before sunrise, like, right before the light comes out. You know, that kind of, from a, and from a physical perspective, I really, really like that. Mm-hmm. And from a mental perspective, I really like that. So that's what I use for my... I want to start to look into that. Because I think for me, waking up Fudger, the biggest thing is, like, well, if I get less sleep now, then I'm going to not have, I want to not have enough energy throughout the day. Yeah. But I guess that's why I need to start implementing my tolerance to uncertainty and be like, it's okay. Like, I'm yeah. uncertain about how much energy I'm going to have during the day, right. but I know for a fact that praying Fajr is going to bring me more reward and bring me pleasure of Allah exactly. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what I want. So. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not like you can't go back to sleep afterwards, yeah. right? But the thing is, it's a way that you kind of like Set yourself activate. Out. Like, yeah. you, you started your day, even if you go back to sleep, you slept for yeah. another hour or two, maybe even three. I don't know who two, three, but maybe if you slept an hour, two, or three after Fudger, right? Um, your day still started three yeah. hours ago, yeah. right? When you woke up. You already have something done, yeah. which is something that's supposed to fill your soul. It's supposed to get you activated. 
So to me, that's like, that's how I commit myself to that. So also I think another great analogy for the whole cultural uncertainty thing is like, take like a science class, for instance. Sure. When I get my syllabus, I look at it. There's so many different concepts. There's so yeah. many different titles. Yeah. There's things that I haven't, there's words I haven't heard of yet. Yeah. And it's overwhelming. But if you just scroll a little bit up and just not look at the stuff at the bottom, yeah. you're day one. Yeah. And then you know, you know for a fact that the stuff you're going to learn is going to be useful, it's going to be practical, it's going to yeah. be something that you need. Yeah. That, that is your first principle. Yeah. Your tolerance and uncertainty should come in and realizing, okay, today is day one, next step is uncertain, but I want to take it day by day. Exactly. And similarly to how that's a great way to succeed in your classes, mm-hmm. similarly that's a great way to succeed in life and uh, succeed in this. Yeah, that's a great analogy too, because just like you build your knowledge in that sense, you also have to build your knowledge as to why you're doing things. And, and it doesn't happen your faith it, does not, yeah, it does not happen one day. You don't listen to this podcast and after it you're like, Yes, I know my <laughs> I know my purpose in my this brain world. is lit up. I know exactly why I'm doing Namaz, I know exactly this. No, you're gonna be working zero point zero 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 one percent every single day Absolutely. for the next year and then you're gonna wake up a budget one day and you're gonna be like, This is easy. I love this. Yeah. Right? Like that's sure what it takes. Like it doesn't happen overnight. Um and like there's a delusion that it does, yeah. Um, which I think is really the fault of um, the preaching, mm-hmm. like um, through like even like um, khutbahs and different things. Like everything seems too now, yeah. When in reality, it takes years. Yeah. I mean, how did like, I think that's just a problem with like the way our society does it. But then again, if you like again start with like, if you have a kid, I, you, I, if you start asking yeah. questions from a young age and get them inquisitive then it's less demanding at like our age. But yeah. at our age at this point, we're reflecting on these things. Most of you guys listening to this are reflecting on these things now for the yeah. first time. And you got 20 years to catch up on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's why you feel overwhelmed. And also realizing that like the, the preaching that happens, yes, it, it, sometimes it can be it can be filled with a sense of urgency that might be too fast for our personal journey. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I think the way to deal with that and the way I deal with it is like, that's, that's the part that's the seeking knowledge part. Now yeah. I got to do the personal reflection part, yeah. which sometimes means taking some of the information you got and just throwing it away for now. Yeah. Leaving that to your tolerance of uncertainty, leaving that to the uncertainty yeah. section of your brain, and then focusing on the bits that you can focus on, mm-hmm. and take that. And, and that's a whole like practice of personal reflection. I I'm a, I'm a really like big proponent of personal personal yeah. reflection because I think it really helped me. Uh, for me, it was my during my college up season. That was the first time that I had to like sit down and be like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I going to college? Why am I doing all this stuff? Mm-hmm. And that, like I was able to deal with, I was able to process a lot of things and ever since then it's like I'm a big proponent for personal reflection I think it's a big part of succeeding in Islam is because if you're not able to take in what you what you've received knowledge wise or uh, pressure wise or whatever mm-hmm. but if you're able to amalgamate all that and process through it then it's easier to sort of separate that into stuff that first principles things that I do know my tolerance to uncertainty that uncertain part of my brain that I'm going to tolerate I'm going to Take it day by day, and the part where I'm just sitting down, dealing with my thoughts and processing. Those are like the three things that I think. Those are like three ways to split in my brain yeah. when it comes to Islam. No, yeah, but I completely agree with that. That, yeah. I I just think it's a great framework when processing Islam. So just like once again, like I said, Islam is a lot of complexity that I don't think we often appreciate. It just like with the khutbas, we see a lot of the, the like you said, like the 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 sense the the sense of urgency that might not be at the same level as at as certain people's journey. It doesn't leave much time for process. There's a lot of complexity, so yeah. taking that time to process is really important. Yeah, I mean it's kind of evenly spaced. Now that I think about it, I'm gonna try something. So if you have khutbas every Friday, right? You have a full week before the next Friday, so <laughs> you got a full week to process what they talked about in that khutbah. And, and store some things away. You don't have to process everything all yeah. at once because yeah. that can be overwhelming. Yeah, I think one of the. Um, one of the beneficial things like younger uh, leaders are doing. Like the other day we were in the yeah. Jama. His name that the guy who gave the khutbah at our last Jama was actually one of our, our guest speakers. previous guests on this um, podcast. We'll probably bring him on again. Sure. His name is uh, Sayyid Musani, but he was giving a khutbah and he gave actionable things. Yeah. Now apart from him I've never I love that heard, part. Yeah, yeah the whole practical part. I, I, I have never uh, apart from him, yeah. I've never heard anyone in a khutbah give like real actionable things. That could be relevant to someone young, and I think the benefit is because he grew up. He went to like, yeah. he went to UC Riverside, which is a college like thirty minutes from here. Yeah. Right. Like he he went through college. He went through. He knows what actionable means. It's longer than thirty minutes, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Is it farther than thirty minutes? It's close to where I Riverside? live. Riverside. Yeah. Man. It's it's east from where I live, and I already live pretty east. I lived so. here my whole life. I've never been to Riverside. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah. So like, he gives actionable things, right? So I yeah. think you should take the time to process 
and think about why you're doing things and then give them small well, actually as an example the, the, the khutbah last Friday yeah. so he was talking a lot about uh, he was I'm trying to remember but the there was a part about politics in there and about addressing the issues in your in, in your community right and that has so many extrapolations because it yeah. can it can start with addressing the the issues in your in your small community addressing the issues in your larger community getting to global politics na- national yeah. and international politics yeah, yeah, yeah. there's like some and like my, my brain just exploded at that point because I was, I was thinking so much and then that's when i had to be like okay wait hold up i can deal with the small part right i can deal with the the the, the part about fixing the, the the issues in your local community i can deal right. with that part right now and all that other stuff is going to the uncertainty area right that's that's for later yeah. that's for when i got time to process it i got an exam on tuesday yeah so let's put that away for now yeah. i'll process this little thing and then i'll move on with that life and then I'm, I'm gonna unpack that later on inshallah yeah yeah and you do that repetitively you do that repetitively yeah, and, and you do that repetitively. Your, your your uncertainty box might get might shrink and expand yeah as yeah. time goes on but you grow and that's yeah. building up a tolerance certain just yeah. like how when you work out you're building a tolerance to weight yeah you, 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 as you shrink and expand your uncertainty box you're going to build up that tolerance to uncertainty yeah. and being a being a good muslim in the will eventually working on that will will lead you to becoming a good muslim having a large tolerance to uncertainty yeah and so uncertain things undoubtedly you over time you will grow and then you and most importantly the reason you're doing all this is so you don't lose that will or you don't lose that uh, motivation and you don't lose your discipline as to why you're doing everything yeah. right so because if you stay stagnated too long in anything yeah. it starts getting boring it starts becoming monotonous and then you don't want to do it anymore it's not exciting it's yeah. not fun it's not this it's not that whatever your reason may be right and actually believe that's the same thing with like islamic things like no one said prayer just by prayer is going to be perfect for the rest of your life. That's not the purpose of prayer, yeah. right? The purpose, there's millions of purposes of prayer. It's a way to step out of the day. It's like five minutes a day, every single five times a day, you know? That's one reason. It's like a meditational thing, yeah. right? It's a, it's a spiritual thing, right? Um, connection to Allah. Connection to Allah. You practice new Quran ayahs when you're praying. Right? But also like new research on like radiation and like how when we put our phones to our ears and stuff, there's a lot of radiation going to our heads and when you put it to the ground, it's like grounding it. There's, there, there's been preliminary studies and all that so that, that's I, I am not going to make any uh, I plead the fifth on that one so I got <laughs> no idea what's there's, there's, a, there's actual scientific literature on that but it's it's in preliminary states right now but interesting it's it's out there the, sure, 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 sure. that could be one of the many reasons probably let's shift to the bottom of the list for yes, now yes but, 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 but like like you said there's a million there's reasons a million reasons right and everyone yeah. can find their own reasons within it and um, you accumulate those reasons over time yeah meaning the um, actions become more and more meaningful so in the beginning, you might, as a young kid, you might not know why you pray. Somebody asks you, maybe you got a younger brother or sister, right? Maybe mm-hmm. you've got, you go to the Muslim, maybe you're a camp counselor. Yeah. Actually, I've got a camp coming up. And, oh my God, I hope <laughs> none of my kids see this. Okay, I have a camp coming up and I'm a counselor for in mm-hmm. Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I genuinely just gave myself the idea here right now too, was like, let me go ask them after Namaz one day, like what they felt. <laughs> Really who cool. knows where that triggers yeah. for them, right? Absolutely. Has anyone ever asked them that? Who knows, right? They're like middle schoolers. Or yeah. my group is high schoolers, but um, they're like 10th graders. Yeah. But no one probably ever had a deep discussion as like, what did you feel? Why do you pray? Yeah. What was the motivation for it, right? It's like discovering those things. And you need to discover and you need to question and you need to grow your knowledge on these things. Otherwise, you're not going to have the motivation to do it, right? And, that, you know, that's also like what gets you from point A to point B by the end of your life. Yeah. So also, also, if you're 20 or 30 or mm-hmm. 40, from a logistical point of view, like, um, I love well, nothing bad happens, right? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> nothing bad happens. You have still not lived the amount of years you are going to live. Yeah. Right? Let's say, let's say you have till the age of 40. What is the average age in America? The average, the average age that's like estimated for our Ummah is 70. As that, that's, okay. what, that's what I've heard. So let's say a majority of you are like 30 and younger. Yeah. You're probably going to live more than you are. Inshallah. Inshallah. In that case, you're not late to the game, right? You got yeah. double the time, you got higher brain capacity. Let's just remove the first 10 years of life when you weren't really thinking about any of this. Yeah. You're not behind, right? Yeah. But you are gonna have to do it 0.1% every yeah. single day. It's not gonna happen overnight. Also, I know a lot of a lot of brothers and sisters that I've talked to who come from families where they've been practicing a lot just because they're friends and practicing, but they haven't. But they don't, they don't know if they want to believe in Islam or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times when when I'm helping them process it, the the first step is to, like, I'll be like, okay, uh, 
praying five times a day, that's like a first good, that's like a good first step to take. And they're like, well, if I, okay, I'll, I'll pray, but like, what about this political issue and like Islam stands on it? What about this thing? What about that thing? And it's, it's sensory overload for yeah. them. And I, 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 t- I totally get it because like, there's yeah. so many things that, the, first of all, the, the media doesn't really portray it as the best way. So no. there's a lot of conflicting information yeah. there. There's a lot of conflicting information online. There's a lot of conflicting information from, from even like Muslim communities and like families and different families and how different families uh, believe certain things. Yeah. So all this conflicting information reaches this kid and then now they don't know if they want to believe in Islam or not. And they don't even want to go pray first because they're all thinking about all these political states that Islam they, yeah. th- they think might have. Yeah. So I think th- that be- to address that issue, I think yeah. once again, dividing your brain to four, three parts. Yeah. Starting first principles, Allah is one, Muhammad is your, is, is the, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Starting with that. Uh, and then putting certain things in that uncertainty box, I think is yeah. very, very important. Yeah, exactly. it's, really, it's really important for me too, because without the uncertainty box, I would have kept thinking about those things. I would have never gotten to the, to, to the thought process and to the reflection. Right. So. And it's also tackling, you can tackle multiple things at once, but again, it's little by little. Again, you might get overwhelmed by the politics of some order. If that's what interests you and you want to figure that out, go for it. Yeah. But it's going to take some time. Yeah, and, 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 and understand that you can still believe in the first principles of Islam and, and, the, and, the, and the ideals of, in, of Islam, doing your prayers and doing all the things that you know, you know to the best of your knowledge yeah. that you should be doing, while still having uncertainty it's on certain things. the same way you can pray even though you only pray once a day. Yeah. Just because you don't pray all five doesn't mean you just stop praying all five. Yeah. If you can pray one or two, pray one or two. Yeah. Like do zero point one percent. And then, and have the uncertainty that okay maybe I should pray the other three and yeah. then cross that and get get to that one day. Exactly. So, exactly. And don't be worried about like oh I'm never gonna be able to get to five. Don't yeah. worry about that. If you do great. That's if you the don't, uncertainty box. Yeah. Exactly. And that, I I I'm gonna keep using the uncertainty that box. That uncertainty box is kind of the tawakkul. Yeah. Right. So if you're like I want to go uh, uh to get a master's or an MBA or med school or whatever work but well med school is a good one so like yeah. i like so i'm uh, i'm pre-med inshallah that's yeah. what i'm working towards and like i, I don't want to get to med school inshallah but i there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding that because it's a yeah. very competitive field there's a lot of things i gotta do and like i thought I've, I've, this this one actually works because i've actually not had the i've actually not put it into the uncertainty box many times when i was right. first doing this pre-med training it's overwhelmed you it's so over yeah. you saw my grades yeah, first, I, first year i forget your grades i saw the way you were you're <laughs> personality was who you were how yeah. stressed you were and i'm like not, not even your grades are worth that kind of stress yeah. right so now now i've put it into uncertainty box i'm like inshallah i'll work on it that's the book of Allah. Yeah. i'm going to focus on the things that i got to do yeah and i'm going to pull it out of that certain box every once in a while reflect on it a little bit yeah. healthily and then put it back when it's time yeah take take out a little piece of every time and tackle each with 0.1 percent do 0.1 percent right over and over again and it compounds pretty fast exactly growth is exponential it's not exactly uh, linear so it gets better over time yeah all right, cool. We've covered a lot today. Uh, hopefully, honestly, these mics are really cool. <laughs> I didn't realize how cool they look. They're like, they look nice. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, alhamdulillah, today we covered uh, my whole framework. I, I think it's a pretty good framework. I'm pretty proud of it. Framework. Also, like just in general about why you're doing things, your motivation from an Islamic perspective. Intention, intention. It all comes back to intention. Comes back to intention. It's all comes back to intention. And that's what you will get judged on. So that's what you have to fine tune as a yeah. skill. It's a that's motor skill, you know. Yeah. It's like once you do it enough times, you'll get the hang of it. I keep working day by day. I, I think that's gonna be our, our tagline for every almost every single episode. Gotta keep working day by day. Day by day. I mean, that's true. So. Yeah, that's how that's how anything happens. Yeah. All right, everyone. Zakulakha for listening, for tuning in. Uh, see you next time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum.